Hello and welcome to Should We, a conversation with friends about the everyday choices that make us. In this episode, you'll get to meet Diana's advisory board, which includes Rachel Myers and Doretti Herpa. The three of them are a trio of remarkable women who meet for breakfast. Hello, Doretti. Hello. Hello, Rachel. Hello. So, the first question we have today is, should we do breakfast? I think we're pro-breakfast. Yes. We, we are a firm yes on this one. Yeah, I think that's our primary mode of meeting, <laughs> is breakfast meeting. Yes. So, the origin story is, once upon a time, we had early morning coffee, mm-hmm. the three of us, and uh, I began applying peer pressure at some point during the coffee what if this were a recurring calendar invite? <laughs> what if we did this all the time? And I really walked away from that coffee meeting feeling bad. You know, I was like, I really overstepped. Like, this friendship circle was not ready for this. And then I got home and Rachel had sent a recurring calendar invite, modifiable <laughs> by all participants. <laughs> so uh, then we just kept it. And then Doretti left for a while and then she came back. Yay. And today we're doing our Q1 life planning summit. This is the punctuation in the middle of that summit. Um, so I feel like things went really well. It's true. We became a full-fledged advisory board. Yeah. Oh yeah, very seriously. So uh, should we do breakfast and should we do all of the um, secret meanings of having breakfast. Yes. Yes. What yes. are the secret meetings you do? <laughs> well, I feel like breakfast, like having a breakfast meeting is much more of a power move than having, say, like a lunch meeting because everybody knows what a lunch meeting is. It's you like maybe have one cocktail that you shouldn't and you close a deal or whatever. That's yeah. maybe not true. Dreddy's doing air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't see me, podcast listeners. Um but the breakfast meeting is uh, it's such a, it's like a cheat code. It's so great because you can go in, have a great time, spend an hour or maybe even two, and still get to work on time. It's amazing. Right, right. Breakfast is one of my favorite meals. You get to have jelly as like, as like a part of your, like this is a legitimate part of your meal. I love it. It's like, it's like sugar gel. That's what it is. And we are, we're like giving each other great life advice. Like we're talking to each other in this very real way. Um, having our coffee and filling ourselves with sugar and protein, and it's marvelous. It's like one of the best things. It is the ultimate dessert first meal. <laughs> it can be dessert only if you want it to be. It's true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've covered in Should We, the question of should we give advice in the past, um, with a mutual friend, the person who introduced us to yeah. Reddy, Kate Houston. Kate Houston. Oh. The best. What a gem. So we were reflecting on that, the three of us, before coming to the studio for this episode, because we definitely, like, it's an advisory board. We mm-hmm. definitely give each other advice. But why does that work? I Well, I think it's because we definitely seek each other out in that way. I think it's a mutual, like, I care about what you think, and I want your perspective, and you're not going to lie to me on, like, other maybe unsavory <laughs> sources in my life, <laughs> right? Because I don't, I don't feel that I get the quality of insight that I do in our in our advisory board meetings. I would echo that. Like yeah. someone who is a very sympathetic uh, listener who definitely has your back, they give such different advice. It's different than someone at work who wants to give you advice for how to manipulate this political situation or how to get the best outcome in this one thing. Like uh, like when we give Duretti advice, we are on team Duretti. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we're doing. We're not on team like like make this like project go faster right and so it feels so this is like this is 
one of the one of like the best ways to give advice, right? Like we're we're giving we're giving the gift of our insights to each other, like solely for the other person to like take and like leave what they what they find inspiring. So it's yeah, it there's works. no ulterior there's no ulterior motive. Yes. Um, and like I earlier today spoke the words, I'm only applying pressure in so far as pressure is helpful and not when it's unhelpful, you know, like take from this what pressure you will. And I feel like that's a really fun role for a group of friends to play for each other. That's what started advisory board. Yeah. applied pressure to the extent that it was helpful and it was helpful. Right, exactly. And like, um, I'm trying to think about a specific thing that I brought to the advisory board. I'll normally wake up that morning or maybe the morning before and think like, here's the topic that I really want to cover with these two people. And one day I was really thinking about whether I wanted to do coach training And I remember we were on my rooftop and I was like, I don't know. I have so much going on, you know, like, "Mm, why do I even want this? And but I told you that I wanted it. And then I immediately backpedaled. And you were so helpful. You were like, whatever, you know. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. It sounds like you really want it. And then you sort of like affirmed the reasons I wanted to do it and didn't like negate the reasons I didn't want to do it, but just sort of blew them off. You know, like, whatever, you know, like, what? That's fine. Like, you, okay, so you'll not do something else because it will take time. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Or, like, what would you need to try in order to be sure that this was a good idea? Like, all of that can feel so pushy when it comes from people who aren't, like, there with you. But I feel like we have this dynamic where when we're sitting together, all our attention, like, all of us are in each other's shoes for the moment that we're, like, focused on that person and trying to be an ideas board or a sounding board and just like throw things out there and then the person is responsible for taking from it what they will and we've all made some changes I think very yeah, much I guess it's well, true one one thing that it reminds me of is something that you brought up earlier and that is mirroring each other so like so like reflecting back to like the most uh positive aspects that we're seeing and like what someone's bringing out because like we have this habit of saying like I think this but maybe I'm not sure and so like reflecting back like here's here's like the really remarkable thing about what you just said that I think just got lost I want to pull that back up Mm. like that like that dynamic that we have is pretty magical it is I also think I really enjoy the part where it's just unabashed cheerleading (laughs) it's like oh you said you want this thing you should go have that thing you deserve all the good things and so I think that's a, a it's very rare just in my friendships in general but also just kind of like rare in life that you find people who want good things for you so it's it's very heartwarming it feels like a safe space to be entirely open also like none of us work with each other Mm -hmm. we work in the same industry we understand where people are coming from but we're not we're like i i never have to worry like oh if i tell you this it might be like there might be some uh, unintended consequence of that. That that's not a thing that will ever happen. And also, like we're all very trustworthy and like, <laughs> fr- like we're good friends. Like we won't we won't like hurt each other with like what we bring. And so, like that like that safeness feels like. I wish okay. that we could figure out how to make it bigger, a la Diana. <laughs> oh, yeah. At our Q1 Life Planning Summit, we were just talking about how like. Um, the thing that I'm trying to do this year is whenever I'm overwhelmed by something, be like, this is coming to me because I'm attracting it. Like, how can I take it and make it 10 times bigger on my own terms? Um, and so, yeah, I love that idea. How could we make it bigger? Yeah. Because there's many women that I know that are like, oh, you're so gangbusters. And I wish that you could come to this coffee. But 
every time you add a new person to, you know, a situation, it becomes a different group. It's not the same group plus one. It's mm-hmm. like an entirely new organism. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, figuring out how to scale it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't sure that it would work because I've tried a lot of recurring things with various friends. And it really falls apart if people aren't, like, utterly, grossly devoted to it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I had no way of knowing. Like, Dreddy, I barely knew you. So I had no way of knowing how devoted you would be, except for the fact that we had a lot of mutual friends Mm -hmm. who seemed to love you. But that's not, like, the thing they said about you. But it turns (laughs) out you're, like, utterly devoted. Like, you're an utterly devoted friend and follower-upper. And same with you, Rachel. Like, what a gift for me not to have to be the calendar invite center. I don't get that anywhere else in my life. I'm happy to always send a calendar invite, especially <laughs> especially when someone that I know is usually the organizer would otherwise have to send a calendar invite. Yeah, that was thoughtful. <laughs> that was great. Also, like, I just yeah. figured out how to make it modifiable by everyone. I'm definitely gonna show that off. Yeah. <laughs> um, back to making it bigger, though. Like, what are the what are the characteristics that you think have made it so good for us that like one way to make it bigger is like we're doing this podcast and other people can take this idea and use it if they want. Right. So like, what would it take? I don't think like you, I think, I think that like each group is like, you can't add a person like that. Seems no. that seems very like. At this true. juncture it wouldn't work, I think. Right. Right. But they could start their own. It's true. I think the, the like semi, the it's not every week. It's every other week. Mm-hmm. So I think the semi-regularness of it and also the acknowledgement that we can move it at any time that works for us. Because we've, we've definitely moved it around. And I think that kind of flexibility of like, oh, you are living your own life. Like we can move this around, but let's meet on a regular-ish basis has been good. That's um, a great point. We're so yeah. flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's this delicate shared understanding that I think most people never get two of like this calendar invite is a placeholder we take the placeholder incredibly seriously and we'll move it to a place that's nearby and we don't like lose hope in rescheduling just because we have a conflict we'll like enthusiastically work together to find a replacement time and like move other stuff out of the way to make it happen in one case we waited several months while one of us was in new york (laughs) (laughs) it was me but to be fair we did have a kind of makeup one diane and i did have breakfast which is in new york (laughs) that's true and then we had a dinner after you got back just to like really catch up yeah so so it was great okay so yeah go ahead so I think so I've had so I've had this dynamic. So uh so we have like a named group which is wonderful and I love and it's like kind of tongue in cheek but it's real and like finding the name that works for your group like gives it an ethos, right? You mm-hmm. get you like this is the importance of this group right here. Uh and and I have a few other groups like that that are named because in the age of Slack and in the age where you can like name your uh your like group text and your like Twitter DMs you can, like everything can have a name, right? Everything can have a URL. And so creating a name for everything feels so much fun and that's how that's how in other circumstances I've I've grown out like the the um the group so so I have one group that was like this very like stuck in time group like we all went through this shared experience can't add people to that at all but we have but we were deriving so much uh, like power from it, just like just like feeling confident and feeling like we could take risks that we wouldn't have felt like we could take otherwise. So, is the response then to add people? No, we can't do that. We've like like there's too much history in that Slack, right? Like 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 literally and figuratively, you can't you can't add someone to it. Um, but we could create a new Slack where it's like the the like the larger group, and then pe- like it changes the ethos. Like I'm a different person in there than I am otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like it became much more um 
professional and goal-oriented and focused than, than the original one, which is focused on, like, self-care and taking care of ourselves and getting to the next thing. So, yeah, I think you're honest with the naming. When I think about the group text that I'm in, um, I'm in one that changes name constantly <laughs> with whatever new inside joke there is, but it's only, it's like an iMessage thread. So we change it and put emoji and whatever else. There's... Another one where I was bridesmaids with two other friends and it's like hashtag bridesmaids is like the name of the group. And it's very much like what we're, I think we changed because of some other inside joke, but the ability to kind of mutate and also name the thing, I think gives it an organizing kind of focus. I love that flexibility too. Slack feature request. (laughs) I work at Slack. (laughs) Well, it's also, I'm thinking about it too, and our Twitter DM thread is called uh, Advisory Board, and I definitely feel differently when I see it because of that. And when we arrive at the coffee shop where we're having our advisory board meeting, I'm like, I'm ready to get some advice. I have an idea that I want advice on. (laughs) And I'm not sure that would have happened if we hadn't named it advisory board. But I also feel like advisory board is also so elevated in a way, too, because I think when I think about advisory boards, I think like, oh, like there's a bunch of people in a boardroom (laughs) doing important business stuff. It's kind of fun for that, though, right? Isn't that like like the joke? Right, right, right. Like I keep it on my personal calendar, so it doesn't even matter. Like nobody at work can see it and nobody at work would care but I love the idea that like someday someone would see this advisory board meeting on my calendar and be like that's legit <laughs> I will <laughs> not schedule over me. that <laughs> that happened to me recently there's uh someone made a lunch date uh and called it very serious business meeting which it was not at all and so people reached out they're like should I be in this and I was like I'm really oh. sorry <laughs> really sorry about that huh, that's funny that's like the time I figured out that you can do private meetings in Google Calendar, and I was like, oh, well, that means all of my meeting names are going to be absolutely ridiculous because <laughs> only me and the invitee are going to see. Otherwise, it looks like it's private. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I called a meeting, like, it's like money talks because I was, like, going to corner the CTO of my previous company to give me more money, and I was like, private meeting, money talks. <laughs> so it was very focused what we were going to be talking about. Related unplanned question, should we calendar our lives? I'm very in favor of this. Yeah, I would like to be better at calendaring my life. <laughs> Not only because I want to know what's going on in my life, but also just the paranoid thought of if something happens to me, people will like know where I'm supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> because I watch too many police procedurals. And so they're always like, oh, like she did this thing every Tuesday at five or whatever. And so they can be like, well, we can extrapolate that like something must have happened to her on the way home. <laughs> I, nothing has ever happened to me, like knock on wood. But I always think like, because like at the beginning of Serial, where they're like, can you remember what happened to you two weeks ago? Like, what did you have for lunch like three weeks ago? And I was like, hmm, absolutely, not. absolutely not. Um, but now we live in a like a world where there's so much more data, and there's so, like you know you swipe your credit card. There's like geotagging. There's all this information out there, and so it's much easier to put together a picture of like what happened. And so I feel like a healthy calendar is a part of that. <laughs> I don't know. It's a part of people knowing when you go missing. Yeah, <laughs> which I care about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rachel, you responded with a yes. As someone whose schedule felt really chaotic, the count, like the organization of the calendar, was really reassuring. It let it let me like feel like it's okay. I'm not going to miss anything. The calendar, like as long as like when I when I had like that brief moment where I'm like, yes, we should totally do that. I was the annoying person that would stop talking and make the calendar invite on my phone right then because like if I didn't do it, it would get lost in the ether of, of like a chaotic life and be lost forever. But the calendar was like the one. 
reassuring, steady thing that would, like, make sure that I did all the things I needed to do. So how do you do the thing where you're, you've reached out to someone, you've agreed to hang out, and then you have to go through all of the back and forth on, like, well, I'm free on this day. Well, what about this day? Oh, just kidding. I didn't look at my calendar. Um, <laughs> listener, Sounds like this, you've experienced this. This happened to me today uh, because I didn't send out a calendar invite, and I also didn't look at my calendar. And so I was like, oh, yes, I'm free on Thursday. No, no, I'm not. And so <laughs> I need to get better at that. How do you kind of do the back and forth? The back and forth can be hard if they are hard to like if they are very if they are very overscheduled it can be hard and in that case like I think it's okay just to ask them to like pick a day if they're like super scheduled I don't know I guess we I, both picked a day I was like this is a time and this is a time and then we were both liars <laughs> because okay those times were not actually available to us. I don't I don't think there's I don't think there's a scheme that will solve that yeah. problem though. that's like a that's no. like a try again reset start start, <laughs> start that over. one over. <laughs> yeah. There are various tools for generating three suggestions of availability because this is a common problem in the world. But whenever I've tried to use them, it dehumanizes the process. And I feel like people think I'm getting uppity because I'm using a tool to generate possible times. And I also like to landscape my own days. So I know what takes energy and what gives me energy. And I feel like I have more control over that if I do the choosing. That said... It's not an accident that I'm a product manager, and so I'm the main generator of meetings for all of the people I work with, and so I have a lot of control over what happens when and how my days are landscaped. I try to be thoughtful about how their days are landscaped, but um, it is true that I uh, put myself first. I love that you think of it like that. I think some people think of it as a as a Tetris game, like how can I fit all of these boxes into this into this long rectangle. And I love thinking of it as, like, what will this feel like to go through? Mm-hmm. Like, when will I have energy and when will I need energy? That's, that's like, a lovely way to organize your calendar. There's a woman I work with. I think you know, Mercy. She is the most organized person I've ever met. It's unreal. And she has this whole, like, based on how much glucose I have in my body, I want to do things in the morning time so I have the most energy and I'm the most awake and I want to do all my hard thinking in the morning and then I want to eat again and then I want to have like a few more meetings and then I want, at the end of the day when I'm fried, I want to do task preparation for the next day. And she has everything blocked out. She has, it's amazing to see. And I'm like, wow, like she's, uh, she's incredible. She picks out all her clothes for the week on Sunday. <sighs> it's incredible because it's something that brings her a lot of joy. She doesn't want to rush through during the, like the week. And so I think it's interesting how you can – she's also a project manager, yeah. so, obviously. <laughs> so there's, like, a lot of ways that you can kind of construct your life in a way that is amenable to you. Yeah. I had a breakthrough a few years ago where I was like, I'm just going to block off all my time to start, and then I can unblock it as things earn it. So mm. specifically, I was trying out a tool that would show my availability to other people by extracting and summarizing it from my Google Calendar. And once I had that, I was like, I never want to do anything after 9 p.m. or before 9 a.m. or on weekends at all. And so I just blocked all of that off. But I still have those blocks on my calendar and I'll like lift them for two weeks at a time. So it's like a rolling, just recurring forever block that I always am moving the date back on. Hmm. So it's called future pre-block. And it's just like it totally blocks off the future. And I don't really use that tool anymore. But I like looking at the future and being like, nope, it's already full. <laughs> you know, it's, it's also like a mental trick. It lets you, it's like, uh, it's like having like at the door tickets, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can still do things. You have, you can be very scheduled and then have room for spontaneity and fun. And there, like, whatever <laughs> exactly. strikes your fancy. That's what you'll exactly, do. exactly. Now, to be fair, this works only medium well in practice because I'm also a sucker for 
uh, follow through. So like as we were just discussing. So I'll, if somebody initiates and they want to schedule something, like I will find that time. And if I care <laughs> about them, I will make an exception and soon those exceptions add up. But I feel like the more that I've figured out Google Calendar released this tool that was like goals where you could figure out your goals and then figure out how often you want to do it. And then it would just inject a bunch of invites on your calendar. Doretti's eyes are real wide. Sorry, that is so wild. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never thought, that's, talk about accountability. Yeah, I'm sure they did ethnographic research and they were like, people are calendaring things that they want to do. And so we're going to make a feature for that that'll make people happy. And we're going to commission a bunch of illustrations for it, which they did. <laughs> So anyway, I tried it and it didn't work very well for me, but I like the idea. But what I found is that just just saying I'm going to do this thing during this time slot doesn't work unless I really want to do it. And so mm. it's taught me like what I really want to do and what I only think I should want to do. I also wonder how intrinsically motivated you have to be to do all the things on your calendar just because it's on your calendar <sighs> as opposed to me where I'm like, I'll do this thing. But I'll definitely do it if I told someone. Like right. If, like if I told someone, like, oh, yes, I will be at that thing. I'm at that thing because I said I would be there. And so I think just having it in my calendar, if it's just, like, if I'm the only stakeholder, that gives me permission to be like, hmm, maybe we'll do it next week. Uh, this is so related to a book called Better Than Before. Have either of you read it? No. no. Oh, my gosh. It's by Gretchen Rubin. And the point of the book is that everybody responds to internal expe- internal expectations in like a specific pattern. So she has this two by two and in the two by two, there's like people who take their own expectations and other people's expectations super seriously. Those are upholders. There's the obligers who take commitments they've made to other people really seriously, but like totally blow off the ones that they've made to themselves. There's people who only take their own commitments to themselves seriously and don't care at all about other people. And those are... Uh, are they the rebels? Those are the rebels, oh. yes. And I listen then, to her podcast. I heard oh, okay. the book. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then there's a fourth category that just, like, doesn't do anything ever. <laughs> oh, no. The people who uphold their own stuff are... Um, ah, I forget, but it's a, good, it's a good word. Anyway, so it sounds like you have a place in this quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Would it be the obliging one? Because that totally sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, well, I fall into that quadrant as well. Yeah. But it's uh, it's really helped me to be like, most people's strategies won't work for me. The strategies, the whole point of the book is that your habit strategies that will succeed for you totally depend on how you relate to expectations and accountability. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, but almost no other literature addresses that. Right. Hmm. So sh- is the goal then to play to your strengths or do you try to like... like try to change what your what your approach is it's 100% acceptance it's like Uh. this is the way I work therefore I'll design systems where I am doing the things I want by like hacking the system I like that a lot more (laughs) that's like um like the wedding dress thing right where you like some people believe that you should change your body to fit the wedding dress as opposed to buy the wedding dress that fits your body right like that situation Mm -hmm, which I feel mm -hmm. like is very, very specific. And very like the four-month juice cleanse with him to your wedding. Like, that sounds <laughs> Just terrible. Just buy a dress of his, you eat the snack. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of a story, actually. I went to a lingerie store because I'm getting married, so I'm having a wedding. And so I need a wedding dress. And I read online all this stuff that was like, um, you'll really want Spanx. Like, you really, like, trust us. You'll want Spanx. 
um, before you go to your wedding dress try-ons because it'll change the shape of your body and like you'll want to wear the thing that you're going to wear on your wedding day so you get like an accurate read on what looks good on you. And so I went to this fancy schmancy lingerie store in Hayes Valley and I was like, I don't know. I read online like I should be maybe getting support wear. Like, is that a thing? And the lady was just like, you could. But why? <laughs> I like this lingerie store. Yeah. Like, I have things I could sell you. They're much better than Spanx. But like, wouldn't you rather be comfortable on your wedding day? Oh my goodness. Thank you. And I accept. <laughs> she sounds like she's very good at her job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's totally. Fantastic. I could. I need to answer more questions like that. <laughs> Especially the work-played ones. Like, oh, I could do that. But I'd rather be comfortable. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. So another question, should we be mirrors for each other? Yes. I think that is all of our power. Yeah. 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 It is so fun. So I'm referring to something really specific that we just did. So it's sort of like an inside joke at this point. But would either of you like to describe what we just did? Yes. Go for it, Rachel. Okay, okay. So... We did. We we gave each other feedback on what we think each other's greatest strengths are, and that is a magical thing because most times that people are giving you feedback, they're telling you like feedback is synonymous with we think you fucked up. Are we allowed to say fuck on them? Yeah, totally, totally, <laughs> totally. So most of the time, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting my life together. I'm sorry. Okay, it's fine. So most of the time they give you feedback. It's uh, it's bad. Most of the time, like you you think to yourself, I need to give that person feedback. Like that is because something has gone wrong. Like all of the feedback that we get is like course correction. And this was proactive feedback as we were setting our goals, as we were setting a direction, as we we're setting our course. I have an idea of what my strengths are, but it was magical to have two friends for five minutes tell me what they think my strengths are. And it, it forced me to like reframe some of the things that I thought were my weaknesses. Now I know that things that I think I'm bad at, I'm not that bad at. I, I tend to like do and I do regularly and I should think about that more positively. Yeah, I also think that we're all like former high achieving teens. So there's also <laughs> probably an aspect of like, oh, someone said like a million good things about me, but then they said like one like not so good thing. I'm going to focus on that thing until I die. Because <laughs> that's totally my MO. And so, yes, it was nice to hear kind of like unadulterated, like, here are the things you're really good at. And like you were saying. What would Gretchen think about focusing on the one piece of like negative thing? Oh, talk about a spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Not not a recipe for happiness. I no, think, definitely like. <laughs> not. Definitely not. Um, yeah, I uh, I love just telling each other how great we are. Like it's really hard to get a space where you can get those words, and it feels unforced. And I think that that's one of the great gifts of just like being really vulnerable but proactive together over many many months. Is that we've seen that. We can each solve our own problems and all we need is like a space to cover them and like a few ideas and a few uh, cheers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because we've done a lot in the last quarter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. All our problems have most, for, for the most part, like dissipated. We've, we've squashed them. We've squashed yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, I don't think we have any problems right now. That's fantastic. <laughs> what a gift. <laughs> so rare. <sighs> Um, so the specific format we used, which like ha- comes from nowhere, it was just an idea, was um, four minutes of uh, 
you're not allowed to speak. You just receive. And then one minute of um, responding to what was said. Right. The person the person getting feedback is yeah. allowed to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Which is very hard for the record. Because <laughs> you want to interject and be like, no, but you, what you don't see is X. As Hard, opposed to hardest just, for you, though. Hardest yeah. for you. <laughs> I wanted to be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> I fooled you. Ha ha. <laughs> so it's very hard to be like, yeah. And then, and then also, like I, I am at least socialized to when I'm receiving praise. Let me stop you right there mm-hmm. and like and like say thank you and not have to like just keep hearing praise and praise and praise. And it was a really delightful experience to just not say a word, just like very consciously shut up, and and like receive receive the praise, mm-hmm. receive receive the feedback. Yeah. the The other thing that I liked that you said was. Um, a space where it seems unforced and I think like just the lightest amount of organization like there's an agenda like clearly we're not like we're not forcing this we're just following the agenda right the agenda <laughs> says this is where we give feedback about our strengths so that's what we're going to do now it's that it's that attitude cover that post-it you know? <laughs> um, yeah it, it really helps there's this concept uh, in the coach training that I'm doing called designing the alliance and it's something you do with a new client at the beginning. You just talk about, like, all the ways you want to work together, how you want to organize stuff. Like, basically anything's possible as long as you both put your needs on the table and then you design the agenda. You design what you'll do over time. You design how you'll want to be held accountable. And I think we all came to our advisory board with a lot of similar starting assumptions, which meant we didn't have to do as much deliberate design. But just this, like, revelation that you can always make a stack of post-its to guide a long interaction of quality time with people you care about. And it's not that weird. (laughs) You know, I do this actually all the time. There are post-its on my fridge that Eric and I use to like structure various things. And I never thought that would work for us. I thought his like body would reject it. But I think all (laughs) tech workers are just like socialized to accept the power of post-it notes. Post-it notes rule everything around yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I also love one more question. Should we snack? Clearly. But yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like this is a thinly veiled reference to the possible crossover episode <laughs> of my podcast. It's kind of defunct. It's um, not defunct. It's in it's hibernation. On, yeah, it's on hiatus. It's on creative... <laughs> <laughs> but one of the best podcasts yeah. I was going. Uh, it's called Snack Overflow, and the tagline is a bite-sized show about snacks and computers. Um, and it has a it has a regex in it. I'm such a nerd. Um, and I like making it. It's just me talking to a friend about their favorite snack and then a thing they made with a computer one time or, like, their opinions on tech culture, which is always fascinating. I love hearing other women's ideas on tech culture, especially if they're a tech spouse incredible because they are near to it but they're not in it and so they've absorbed all of these strange kind of like customs and ideas about like how things are done so it's kind of amazing um but you know maybe one day we'll do a crossover episode called should we snack oh my gosh i can't wait for that day um have your opinions on snacks changed at all through focusing on them so (laughs) devotedly um just that I still like them. <laughs> I, whenever I tell people about the podcast, I think, oh, I only have two interests in life. Uh. <laughs> Snack and computer. But think, so both of those take you pretty, like, it's pretty far ranging, right? Like, yeah. I remember I remember discovering more about the city that I lived in for years when, was it Kelsey? Kelsey yeah, was yeah. like, the best sandwich in the entire city is in a, is in like a rundown liquor store near you in yeah. your neighborhood that you don't know about. And indeed, that was true. 
true. And I did not know that. So like, so like two interests, yeah. but like, like the world is your oyster within yeah. those two. Do either of you have anything more you want to say to feel complete? Everyone should have an advisory board. Oh, yeah. yeah. Get yourself an advisory board. Just people in your corner. It's life-changing. Name it. <laughs> set a recurring calendar invite. And if people are blowing it off, they're not... Yeah, they're not... They're not your advisors. Your advisors. Yeah, they're yeah. not committed to sparkle motion. Yeah. You just gotta keep going. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, everyone should. This is a definite should. So, we have some people to thank. Thank you to Yosh from Faultline Studios for recording and editing this episode. Thank you to the band Canada for our theme song, Hey Garland. Thank you to Math Times Joy for our wonderful new identity. And thank you to all of our Kickstarter backers for making this season possible. Should you tune in next time, we'll leave it to you. Ha, 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 ha.